Hi everyone, this is Bittupan here. Welcome to Mindful Talks, where you will find people from various domains talking about topics like health and wellness, spirituality, self-growth, and various other topics. Today, I am with Dr. Bhavan Lal, who is an award-winning filmmaker, international entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and an author. He has produced two artistically acclaimed feature films, 35 documentary films, 25 world-class events, including the multi-million dollar Indian Splendor 2007 in Los Angeles, and an international TV series, Chance of a Lifetime. He has held leadership positions as the president of a multi-billion dollar Indian conglomerate in Beverly Hills, California. And as the executive director of the Indian Broadcasting Foundation, he established the largest trade body in the Indian media sector. He was the senior VP of a TV network, member of the board of directors of entertainment companies and operated a world media consulting firm advising the top names in Hollywood, Europe and India. A much sought after speaker since the publication of his first book, he is also a popular motivational speaker who offers inspiring talks about leadership and heroism to select audiences. Speaking about the heroes of Indian freedom movement from Lala Hardwell to Netaji Subhash Chandra Bose, he appears as an entertainment industry economist and author on TV and radio networks globally, and has lectured at universities worldwide, including UCLA, UCR, and USC. In 2019, Dr. Lal was bestowed with the honorary degree of Doctor of Philosophy by the Jharkhand Rai University, Ranchi. He graduated with a first-class master's degree from Jamia Mass Communication Research Center in 1988. His documentary film won the Desmond Doig Award for the Best Graduation Film, and his science fiction short on nuclear war, Killing a Sunrise on a Full Moon Night, was awarded the highest marks of scriptwriting and direction. Additionally, he attended advanced courses in entertainment studies in UCLA. In my show today, I am going to talk to him about his books and about spirituality because he has deep knowledge about spirituality. Let's learn a lot from him about history and spirituality. I am excited to talk to him. Let's get started. Doctor Hoban, thank you so much for joining. How are you? Roshkar, very very happy to be here. Thank you, Mr. Barwa, for inviting me. Same here, sir. Thank you so much for joining, and I'm so glad that you have taken out some time. And uh, I have. Read a lot about your books, and many people have got uh, you know given so much of reviews about your books. I keep seeing them. So the first thing that I want to know about uh, you is that uh, I understand that you have a uh, lot of interest in history. You have done a lot of research on many freedom fighters. Uh, but reading and you uh, know having interest is one thing. But what made you write books? Why did you decide to write books? And secondly, why on these two Uh, people, Lala Hardayal and uh, Subhash Chandra Bose. Why did you decide to write only on these two people? I just want to know from you, sir. Okay, I'm I'm uh, not a writer by profession. Okay, I'm certainly not an author by profession, or I had no opportunity to become an author at any stage of my life, except in the last few years. I, like everybody else, have an interest in India, and uh, if you have interest in India, you have his. interest in indian spirituality mm-hmm. you have an interest in indian history because uh, it's one of the most ancient countries i lived uh, overseas and i was um, all the time meeting people who were asking me questions about india mm-hmm. so that process brought me closer to read more to understand more about my own culture and my history mm-hmm. and as i went about doing that i slowly and steadily realized 
that there were huge gaps in not only my knowledge of where my country was and what it was doing at which point of time, but also in the way history had been taught to me in school and college. Mm. And those gaps in any other civilization would be scandalous because this, this, is, this is a very complex country. And a lot of right. things happened here in the last many thousands, thousands of years. Right. So if you start reading the entire breadth of Indian history, you conclude that there are many areas which are mysteries. Hmm. There are many areas which are also not covered properly. So just to come back to the point that you were making, why did I choose these two people? I specifically started reading the European imperial period in India. Okay. So from the moment Vasco da Gama discovered the coast of India and the route to India from Europe, to the day Goa was vacated by the Portuguese, that was my area of interest. Hmm. And I tried to read as much as I could and research and visit all the places connected with that period across the world in detail. It took almost 25 years to do that. And uh, then I discovered something else. Okay. We have not only fought the much uh, written about and the very well-known civil disobedience, sort of non-violent movement that the great Mahatma Gandhi led hmm. for our freedom. But we also fought three wars. And those three wars that we fought, they get some mention and those three wars are kind of eliminated from the textbooks. Okay. They certainly don't make an appearance in college and school textbooks. Hmm. You have to go out of the way. Hmm. So uh, I can discuss it in detail, but those three wars were the 1857, hmm. first war of independence, the Gadar party movement, the hmm. second war of independence, and the Azad Hind Fauj, the third and the final war of Indian independence, which yes. got our freedom. So these three wars are very important for any Indian to know about Indian history and also from the world perspective because they were global in nature. Hmm. Uh, last point, the second independence struggle or the second war of Indian independence had a very unique character. His okay. name was Lala. Okay. Nobody knows him. Yes, very that's interesting true. Man. Hmm. So I went into the detail of that gentleman. And I tried mm. to find out what was motivating him. And of course, the third and the final war, as I said, was Netaji Subhashan the boss. We know a lot about him, yet we don't know anything about him. So yeah. I wanted to get more and more information about him and mm. fill in the gap. So this was my motivation. Right. You rightly mentioned that even if people do not know about the complete history of Subhash Chandra Bose, but at least they must have heard his name. Even if I ask yes. some school kids, they must have heard his name. But it is very unlikely that somebody must have heard about Lala uh, Hardayal. So in, in short, can you tell uh, the audience uh, what are uh, Lala Hardayal's uh, significant work? Why he's so significant in the Indian history? So I wrote this book. And the title of the book is The Great Indian Genius. Hmm. So it's not an easy title because the word genius is abused. You know, it's used for a lot of people. If you can fix the wheel of a car, maybe you're a genius. That sort of nonsense. Hmm. But here we had a man who was actually a genius. He spoke 17 languages, could teach in any one of them. Hmm. He was the first Indian to walk into America and teach at an American university. 
first Indian history of uh, America has recorded that. Mm. He was appointed a lecturer in, uh, in um, Stanford. So that is not the real genius. His genius was able to understand the mechanism with which the British Empire ruled India and how to dismantle that mechanism mm. and yes. create an environment in which that mechanism could be dismantled and the rule of Indians over India could come back. Mm. That was his genius. And that genius was the creation of the Qadar party based on the 1857 revolt. Right. So he was banned from India. He was exiled from India. Mm. History wrote him off. Our historians never bothered. But every single political process in modern India, the entire spectrum of our political parties, he was the genesis of all those ideas. Hmm. From the non-cooperation movement, civil disobedience movement, INA to the communist movement, to you name it. Everything, the starting point was Hardaya. That is his genius. He explored every single territory of knowledge on earth. Nice. Even after completing a PhD on Buddhism, he went to study science. He didn't want to leave that out. Mm. Nice. So, uh, you know, we can probably do another lecture just on Hardeyal. Definitely. A, a very, yes, yes. Even, trust so, me, even I did not know much about him. You know, we'll leave it at that. Right even even I did not know much about him. I have definitely heard about him. But after getting to know about your book, I did my own research. And I also came to know about these points, like he speaks 17 different languages and all. Uh, right? That's really He's not in 17 different languages, speaking <laughs> and writing is one Yeah, right. And, uh, and he in his mind 3000 books, he could record, you know, from anywhere, he could quote from anywhere. Hmm. Right. And I definitely love reading about history. And uh, what I believe is that we should, uh, it is important to know about the future of us, the future of humankind and the future of the country. And also it is important to know about the history, our roots, we should actually know where we came from. Because, see, if you think properly, then every event, every small or big event in the history has an impact on us today. Right? Just imagine if, if, for example, if, if Lala Hardayal was not even, he did not even exist, he was not born, then how would the country be, right? So we have different things to see. So everything we are today is because of history. So it is very important where we came from, we should know our roots. So from me, I want to know from you, your opinion, sir, why is it important for people to know their, the history of the country and the history of humankind? Why is it important? It's important for the simple purpose that uh, history has a very strange way of repeating itself. Very nice. Huh? And uh, there are decisions to be made in lives. Mm. There are decisions in our personal lives, in our professional lives, and also as a nation. Mm -hmm. And those decisions can always get, you know, a, you can have a better approach to those decisions if you have some knowledge of if these decisions were made in history and what was the outcome of those decisions. Mm. So, you know, if you look back, you will see every problem that we tackle, there have been similar issues in the past and people with probably a different perspective or a greater depth looked at it and took a call. So mm. that sort of situation requires uh, 
than you know reading of history. Also, uh, as human civilization progresses and technology plays such an important role in our lives today, it's easier to access history. Earlier, maybe right. 50 years ago, you could go to a library in a big city and get access. Mm. Today, sitting on a computer, you can access any library anywhere on earth. Mm. You can access so much information. We can do this interview. You know, uh, to just 20 years ago, you would have to come to meet me somewhere and we would have to sit across the table and you would probably end up making notes and then transcribing them. Today, right. we are just recording. So uh, this, this, this gives us the facility to get a better grasp of uh, where we are coming from and where we are going. Hmm. Our civilization, the Indian civilization has had a huge role to play. Right. And uh, we should be proud of that. And going forward, we have many, many important contributions to make. Mm. We have to make this world calmer, better, quieter, easier, and happier. Yes. And that's what makes India unique. This is where we will play a role. Nice. So since you mentioned about being calmer and a happier India, so this leads me to spirituality, sir. And I have uh, read articles uh, that we have written about mindfulness and spirituality. So I want to discuss about that, about mindfulness. And But before that, for somebody, for viewers who may not even know what, what does mindfulness mean? So what exactly is mindfulness? Can you talk about that, sir? Yeah. I'm not the first person um, learning about mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Right. Uh, it's been defined by various people in uh, various ways. I, I consider mindfulness uh, as a moment of awareness, mm. you know, a knowledge of awareness, mm. a system in which you can uh, live in the moment, in which you can appreciate every breath that you take. Mm. And in that ideal moment, in ideal uh, sort of state, you you become uh, a different kind of a person, mm. and it helps. It helps you grow creatively. It helps you grow as a human being. It has uh, impact on all levels of your uh, sort of emotional responses and responses to uh, even uh, you know uh, the uh, senses that you have. Mm. Every it impacts at multiple levels. Right. And that awareness is, I think, uh, missing in most people's lives because uh, we get stuck in uh, very difficult situations in lives in which we have to earn money, find a living, and then one day realize that life is over and we miss something. Mm. If you were into mindfulness, you would have enjoyed every moment of your life. And the faster and the easier uh, sort of... Uh, quicker approach to it is that you have to learn about mindfulness and meditation early in life. So as you go forward, you would uh, appreciate it more. It's a lifelong experience. Uh, it's uh, something which you will live through your life and you will um, learn. But that's actually, I think, very important. We should learn mindfulness in early stages of life, not towards the end of life, because the idea of it is to enjoy your life and experience your life, right? So what's the point once you are done with all your responsibilities of earning money and running a family, then you learn about mindfulness. So what's the point in that, right? You know, uh, I tend to uh, uh, agree completely with you because the basic problem is that we try and postpone some things for the rest of our life. <laughs> right. we are, we are, none of us have any control over the future. 
we don't even know whether there is a rest of our lives mm-hmm. you know so it's best to approach mindfulness from the perspective of uh, stepping up as soon as possible to in the probably in the early teens getting an understanding of uh, where this leads and mm-hmm. what's about and mm-hmm. it will help you grow in your first job in your exams in your schools it it will make you a more complete person mm-hmm. and uh, it will uh, not only help you it will help overall society and uh, it's not religious it's not uh, anything to do with uh, any form of uh, you know sort of uh, standard religious practice it's just like yoga or something else like walking in the park or you know just it's an additional thing it's right. it's inbuilt software in every human being that has not been applied as yet it's an app hmm. mindfulness is an app every human being is born with right and we have to use that app otherwise what's the point of having that app in our system ah, we let it go that's a very good way of putting actually it's an app that every human being is born it right but somehow we do not know how to use this app so many of us live yeah. a life and then end of it we suddenly realize it's over so it's best to you know, <laughs> sort of uh, Ah, right. But uh, one more thing, sir. It's easier, uh, easy to say. But uh, nowadays, in the present world, people living in cities have so much of distractions all around. I mean, because of internet, we have so much of distractions, and then there is stress, there is anxiety, and there is negative news everywhere. So, how to be mindful in such a situation where one news takes you to the future, and the other news takes you to the past, and one news makes you fear? How to be mindful? Yeah. Mr. Barua, I exactly had the same problem. Mm. I was living and working in Hollywood, Los Angeles, and uh, I had to rush to office. Mm. I had to go through traffic. Mm. Uh, the radio would tell me all the murders that happened last mm. night and the uh, craziness of the world. And I always used to think this business of meditation and this mindfulness talk is a lot of fluff. Real life is here and now. Get to office in time. Get your work done. Get back home. You know, go for a movie. This is what it's about. Mm. But then I realized when I started practicing and learning more about mindfulness that these are parallel tracks. They can, they can, they can interchange. They can stay together. There is, mm. there is nothing, nothing which overtakes each other. Mm. It's, 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 it's complementary to everything that we do in life. We do it with mindfulness, and then. the experience of even getting to office the anxiety of getting there on time kind of just disappeared mm. you know, all the news that was coming was flowing through my ear and my system and it did not bother me beyond a point it did but it did not create the chaos that it used to right. so it calms you down it makes you a happier person in your outlook it creates a lot of positivity which is extremely important in the creative sphere and every other sphere as well Mm. you know so that that i think um, is something we have to go for mm. i think it is all i can put it another way let me know if it is correct up, keep, keeping yourself updated is also important so absorb the news but do not react to what the news is being said about right it's all about the reaction how we react to the news what yeah, you you no no uh, i i see it a little differently mm. you have to you have to appreciate the good things in life mm. and you have to try and solve the problems that you can solve and there are some problems which you cannot solve mm. there are some issues which you don't have any control over right those will happen. 
if there's a volcano on some island and people have died it's news and it's going to upset you but mm. you can't do anything about it we can't do anything but there are many things right in front of you on your desk that you can do things about hmm. and you should do those so you know nice. there's a, there's a yeah you have to uh, sort of uh, structure your um, uh, decision making in that pattern hmm. whatever is in my control or your control or what we can do with our time we should be able to do hmm. what we can't do under control we don't know what's happening it's a huge universe and we have limited time hmm. and uh, time allotted to us on planet earth is passing it's 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 it's, it's so fast it's just just passing every day so we have to make the most of that too right very nice so uh, before i ask my last question sir do you have any upcoming book are you writing any yes. more book okay yes so as i told you my interest is uh, the, the indian freedom movement from the mm. moment uh, vasco da gama found india to the moment uh, the portuguese mm-hmm. left go mm. so my next book uh, is also part of that and it's it's the biography of uh, sardar vallabhbhai patel mm-hmm. i'm uh, researching it the covid situation has kind of impacted my reading and writing a lot because uh, i can't travel and i can't do many things that i wanted to do okay so it's got a little delayed but it's in process and uh, hopefully that will be my third biography and nice. another fascinating completely completely yes. detached you True. know and uh, its contribution to modern india has mm. not been appreciated as yet it has yes, yes. uh nice okay so the last thing uh, i want you to give a message to the viewers there are a lot of youth who understand what is spirituality but somehow they are not able to get started with their journey they are not able to give time for mindfulness because of their studies or maybe because of the job so i think once you start in this journey the things will compound slowly you will get more interest in it you will learn more you will read more but how to get started so what is your suggestion for the youth how to get started in this uh there are multiple ways there are multiple ways you can you can do a class okay that that's a quick fix you just find a mindfulness trainer you mm-hmm. learn uh, through training like you learn computers like you learn uh, playing tennis mm-hmm. uh, find a mindfulness trainer to mm-hmm. use if you are a little more disciplined than that and you can self discipline yourself then maybe 20 minutes of meditation exercises meditation at home meditation at work Uh, certainly not meditation while driving <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know finding uh, finding that time slot uh-huh. in your life uh, uh, is useful mm-hmm. and uh, each person has his own way of finding or seeking the right process for themselves so yeah. i personally think uh, we should encourage that you know rather than me sitting here and telling people oh let's let's do mindfulness it's great some people may be completely in a different world they do not want to have anything to do with this mm-hmm. and there are people who are intrigued but not as much as they need to to understand this further so it's it's various stages in life but it's as i said earlier mindfulness is an app in every human body it just needs to be used so if you use it and you like it you continue using it otherwise there is always a way to discard an app and there is life beyond the app also mm. so it's a personal choice very nice very nice way of putting sir okay then fine sir thank you so much for joining i think viewers will get a lot of wisdom and i would encourage viewers to actually 
read a lot of history because trust me i was as a child i was never interested in history but when i started learning about history it's very interesting actually there are many interesting people in history there are a lot of freedom fighters who have done great things history means when when we say that i want to do something great we use the term i want to create history so it means when you go back to history somebody has made something very big which means it is a history right so what is important to mr barwa yeah. is how will history remember you ha huh. very nice and if you can answer that question you will make a life for yourself hmm. very nice that's a good way of putting mm. okay. well, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to your group and i thank look you, forward sir. to having interactions with you thank you sir thank you so much for joining okay thank you sir jai hind jai hind